This is Pamela Nelson with the Grounding and Growing Leadership Podcast powered by Align. And this is episode number 21. We are really excited to have our team member, Laura Hammond, a career and transition coach for us here at Align, be with us on the podcast today to talk about career transitions. You're going to recognize today that it's not all about writing the perfect resume. In this podcast, Laura shares the need to first pause and really determine what brings you joy and how you might be able to bring those experiences into your new role. Whether it's you in a transition or you know someone who's going through one, you're going to get a lot out of this podcast. Welcome to the Grounding and Growing Leadership Podcast, where everyone is a leader and leadership starts with you. I'm Tara. And I'm Pamela. Thank you for listening and inviting us along on your leadership journey. Welcome to the podcast. Last week, if you listened and if you haven't, go back and listen to last week. We talked about belonging and uh, culture fit and whether or not we're ready to either make a change within ourselves or make a change in our career path. And we thought this was the perfect timing to introduce you to Alliance Career Transition Coach, Laura Hammond. I've known Laura as a fellow Benny alumna of the College of St. Benedict for years, but really almost stumbled into her genius about a year and a half ago when I was looking for someone who could help us write uh, resumes for our clients because we do a little bit of career and transition coaching. And what I learned about Laura's truly unique and highly skilled expertise with career coaching convinced me that she needed to join our Align coaching team. In addition to being our career and transition coach, she's also the senior associate director and career coach for the College of St. Benedict, St. John's University. Uh, She specializes in career and transition coaching, working with our clients who are ready to make a change in their career, but maybe don't know how to start, where to chart their path. She's extremely talented at coaching clients and writing more compelling resume, how to strategically look for a career and how to prepare for interviews. Laura is also a Gallup certified strengths coach and leverages Clifton Strengths to help clients articulate their unique contribution and then translate those strengths and skills into new roles and industries. Finally, Laura has her master's in social work and has incredible emotional intelligence, and she really provides a safe space for her clients to find their way forward, even in difficult times. She lives in central Minnesota with her husband and two children who are growing fast. And we're just excited to have you on the podcast, Laura. Thank you, Tara. What an introduction. I feel like I need to give myself a moment to give you a moment to breathe with all of that. I didn't know how impressive I might be. My goodness. (laughs) I like to do all the coaching and living my life with a sense of humor. So let's laugh together. Let's talk career transition. And I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. I have loved um, also being on the team with Laura. And so, Laura, I just also want to say welcome. And what I love is that you take a time of transition in people's lives and you make the conversation comfortable. This can often be a time of a lot of angst and a lot of being afraid of what we're not, but you bring out the best of what people are to be able to let them move forward confidently in the next stage of their life. And I am just so honored to work with you on this team because it's, it is very empowering. So yay, I'm so glad you're here today. Thank you, Pamela. I feel like this powerful women, uh, team of powerful women on the Align Collaboration, I learned so much from Pamela, from Tara, but I think you touched on something really important, Pamela, that career transitions are a big deal. There are financial investments at, at stake. There are identities at stake. Our, we are our career sometimes. And so I think 
I would be so off base if I came into a conversation and didn't take it seriously, didn't meet people where they're at in a very vulnerable and sometimes fragile state when, where they've been beaten up by leaders or careers that just didn't fit what they wanted for their lives. And so it's an honor to walk with my clients and it's a, a pleasure to be able to help them create a plan that we collaborate on and then to see them execute and live into those next steps they dreamed about. My gosh, sometimes I think people will pay me to do this. It's an <laughs> honor. It really is. And so it's a treat to get to do that in partnership with you and Tara and Ashley, our team, as well as Teresa. So Laura, we start every episode by asking our guests, what are your top five strengths and which one is currently your favorite? Or are you appreciating most right now? Okay. So I thought about this, you know me, I'm a discipline achiever has to think about and really prepare, but I'm going to go off book here. My top 10 strength is input. And I have been leaning into input right now because I'm doing some professional development. And the Stanford Life Design Lab has created a, a coaching certification. So designing your life, helping clients to design their life, the, the wicked problem of finding your way through vocation. I think that fits really well with my input strength, right? The talent theme is all about being inquisitive and wanting to know more. Design thinking is about getting curious. How might I is a question we use in that coaching stratosphere. So I am really leaning into input. And I think that pairs really well with developer, right? Input developer, building my toolkit so that I can help my clients celebrate the wins. So I went off book, but I hope it's okay to talk about my 10th talent theme that fits really nicely with one in my top five. Rules <laughs> are loose in our world. So I love that. I love that. Yeah. So you lead with your top five are empathy, discipline, analytical, harmony, developer, then you have achiever, consistency, restorative, individualization, and input. And you are really leaning into that input right now. I want to come back and talk about the, the design life uh, curriculum that you're going through and what you're learning in that, because I think that would be really fascinating. But before we do that, tell us a little bit about your coaching origin story. How did you end up working with people in their careers? And how did you end up becoming a coach? It was fun to reflect about this, right? I actually started my coaching career on a fifth and sixth grade girls basketball court at a local parochial school. So I like I, I've just been someone who sees potential and helps people to make a plan to realize it way back in my high school days coaching fifth and sixth grade girls basketball. I will also say I saw my sister yesterday and I've been coaching her her whole life. She might call it fun. <laughs> Sometimes, but I like to say I gave her directions. I've always just been someone who is willing to step up, take charge, create a plan, and work together with folks. I think that's been my life. But officially, right, your question was probably more officially. I've been at a local college coaching students for the last 11 years, really helping them explore, do some things, uh, reflect on those experiences, and then connect the value of their liberal arts degrees to full career. So that's the last 11 years, Terry, you touched on it's my one-year anniversary with Align. I'm excited to have been a career transition coach with you for the last year. And I also happen to coach on the soccer field for my son. So whether it's, you know, the field of life or the athletic field, I feel like my approach to coaching is being your cheerleader, your confidant, your accountability partner too. Um, there's a career development theorist, John Crumboltz, who talks about planned happenstance. And his theory is all about being open to opportunities and unplanned and planned events can lead to aha moments, right? 
He especially talks about the idea of leading into finding the things that are natural strengths and interests, which pairs really nicely with strengths-based coaching. And so while I didn't expect to become a career transition coach, Tara, I think your LinkedIn post, my going, I wonder how might I develop some skills? All of that kind of comes together. And I thought I wanted to be a nurse when I grew up. Helping people has always been my thing. And turns out not so much the science, but helping people realize who they are, how they can add unique value. How can they really find meaning at work and, and use their talents? Kind of become the thing I do. And I'm, I'm really proud of it. And as I've said, I'm really honored to be able to work with students, alums, and align clients. I I love that. And I think I just see everything as a natural progression into the work that you're doing. And it's interesting because as I mentioned before, I originally was looking for someone to help write resumes. And Laura, I think you've been working with our clients uh, for the last year. And I don't think we've had to write one single resume from scratch because what that's what people think they need. But what do you find once you actually start talking to them? Yeah, so I think a couple of things, the resume or the updated LinkedIn profile or the interviewing prep, like that is a tangible thing. People think, oh, if I do that, then change will come. But honestly, I, again, would be remiss if I didn't approach coaching to say, before you jump into that resume you're, you're hoping to create, before you're hoping to get into that new job, how about we pause to say, what is it that brings you energy? What is it that puts you into a state of flow? Or the opposite, right? What is it that's draining your energy? What is it that you're really just trying to move on from or avoid? And so giving people permission to pause is really where we begin before the resume. And then we don't get to the resume because they paused and have realized, hey, here are the things that I love. And I, how do I ask to build those into my current role? Or B, here are the things that I love. And it's a decision-making matrix for me to explore new opportunities. And so I, that statistic is right on, Tara. I, I believe I've had one session where I actually worked on a resume with a client, but it's really been more for me about giving them time and permission to pause to say, what do you need? And what's beautiful about strengths is it gives us the language we didn't know we might need to say the value I add, the things I need, what do I bring and so for me, it really is helping clients to, to use the reports that, that Gallup gives them to be able to unpack to say, this is how I claim what I need based on my top five, based on my top 10, however they might choose to use that report, beginning with Gallup's language and then making their own claim of this is who I am. This is what I bring and what I need to whatever job, the one I'm keeping or choosing to stay at or the one I might seek out. I love that you are, again, you use the word permission, permission to look at these things. But also when you're in a career transition, sometimes it can feel that there's a desperateness that I want them to pick me. But what you're saying, Laura, is that I first have to pick me. I first get to choose. And you're giving permission to them to actually ask for what they need. Mm -hmm. And that's so different. First of all, choosing ourselves, honoring that we can have needs and not be needy. Is this going to be a, a great fit for me moving forward or a place that I'm going to actually belong? But you're first allowing them to belong to themselves and really honor what that is. Isn't it a powerful moment to pause in to say, I get to ask for what I need. I get to have a career 
that fulfills and and brings me joy. I think one of yeah. the most powerful moments was with a client this fall where I asked her, she, she was looking for a career transition. She was burned out, had been asked to do way too much. And so I asked her to pause and said, picture yourself at retirement. How will you know you've had and engaged in a meaningful career? And so the next 10 to 15 minutes where we processed what that would look like for her, what she would need to know she had a meaningful career that really gave her direction so that she could seek out. Um, and she decided to seek that out in her current role, but so that she could ask for what she needed to achieve that meaningful career goal. And so I think you're right. Giving people permission. We go to work because sometimes we need it primarily for financial commitments, but we also go to work because it's part of who we are. It's part of, of our life's process, our life's commitment to the world. I, I think that's my work view. And so giving people that permission to pause is, yes, you belong. What do you need to belong here? I was just going to add what else I think is really helpful is for clients to, in the middle of our careers, right? We're going, the life, my my personal life is shifting underneath me, right? I'm, my kids are growing fast. I'm going, I have half of my career left. And so I think it is a very transitory time for people naturally. And so I want to normalize for people out there who might be like me, identifying that, wow, I'm now in the middle of my career, being able to take a moment and ask yourself what you want for that next half or that next piece of your life's career. I, I had this moment myself where I needed to be able to acknowledge that. So I, I want to give all of the listeners out there who are in this same space permission to pause and ask yourself, how will I know that I've engaged in a meaningful career? Um, and strengths can be a, a start to I bring and I need for you to explore that. Well, Laura, you you and Pamela have both been talking about identity and work. And in our culture in particular, we do, I would even say, overbase our identity on the work, our work and our production, our performance. So what are some of the challenges you see when people are entering into these conversations around making a change? What are some of the things that they get either stuck on? What are some of the roadblocks that they have to work through in order to make a, a decision in one way or another? I think we've touched on a few of these already. The real and financial commitments my clients bring to their families. Well, I can't take any of that away. I believe pausing to reflect on their why, creating an intentional career decision and plan might help them make that informed strategic next step so that they don't get to that next job and go, oh my gosh, it's the same. It's more and then having to restart that process. And so alongside all of this big career transition changes, a lot of fear of change, fear of, am I good enough? Can I adapt? Confidence. I, I really need it. I am a cheerleader because reminding people that they do add value, they do have skills. I spend a lot of time helping people remember they might have been beaten up. They may be burnt out and, and all rightfully so, right? Sitting in that moment with them to say, wow, what you've gone through really is awful. And it, it, just being able to help them process what was so they can think about and imagine what could be. I think that's a lot of what I'm seeing in these spaces. And the other piece, because I do this every day, is knowing how to come up with a plan. Where do I start looking for jobs? How do I come up with strategic application materials. I think part of it is fear and lack of confidence. Part of it is just not knowing, right? They're career development theorists and career development skills for a reason. It's an industry. 
I think the other piece that I find clients struggling with is knowing how to make time. The job search and strategic application material making process takes time. Strategically branding yourself, using keywords, making sure that you'll stand out through an applicant tracking system, which are used by many companies these days. All of that takes time. Giving yourself permission to pause, being confident that you can move on and then knowing how and having time to do it. I think those are all things I'm seeing for my clients. And it's, again, an honor and a pleasure to be able to help them process emotions, create a strategic plan, and then collaborate on how they can realize those next steps. Yeah, I think where you bring some expertise to the table that I didn't even realize was a thing. I didn't even realize was something people needed. I was doing some career and transition coaching when I reached out to you originally mm-hmm. and you were started talking about AI keyword searches for resumes. And I was like, shoot, I am behind the times yeah. and we need someone who knows ins and outs of what's really happening in the job market. And so that's one of the reasons we're so excited to have you on the team is just that body of, of expertise that you bring. Uh, But also you have the unique opportunity to work with people at every point in their career development. So you're working with soon to be and recent college grads. You work with alums at the college and university, but then you're also through a line working with people who are making a decision around career transition. What are some trends or patterns of what people are looking for when they're making a change? And is there any difference between the recent grads and the people making a transition? I would say two things. One, in my personal experience working with young professionals or soon-to-be, they're looking for work that matters, either for their community or for their skill and professional development. We invest so much of our lives at work, right? Doing some math here, there are 168 hours in a week, assuming we get an eight-hour night's sleep and a nine-hour workday with commute. leaves us just 49 hours of other stuff. So we spend a significant amount of time at work Let's make that work matter, right, for our lives, for our skill development. That's a lot of what I'm seeing students looking for. And I know Ashley, our colleague, touched on how millennials really are looking at making a difference in the workplace. I think all of that is, again, what I see personally. I leverage uh, Handshake at the college I work for. And so Handshake is an online career connection portal. Employers create accounts. Students and alums create accounts. And that's a, a, a meeting space for finding jobs, internships, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Handshake has also become a thought leader in the space, right, in the career development space. And so their recent research about the class of 2023 talks a lot about some of this. Uh, So the class of 2023 is adjusting their priorities, right? They're not necessarily looking for big name companies. They are looking for a space uh, that matters. Uh, They're really looking for ways to use their skills and they want to keep learning. They are also tech savvy. They're looking for ways to use their tech skills, not necessarily in tech jobs. They're also worried. Let's be honest. We know that the economy has gone through its ups and downs. And the report I'm referencing from Handshake really talks about how the class of 2023 is worried. Half of them said the current economic news has affected how they feel and act regarding their future career prospects. So They're applying to more jobs sooner. And with the economic uncertainty, about half the class uh, will apply to more jobs and about one third are planning to apply to more diverse range of jobs than they might have considered otherwise. So uh, they're mindful of industry news. Young professionals are mindful of layoffs and changes in the hiring sectors, especially the tech sector being impacted. 
Um, so those are all things that I would share summarized in a, into a state of the young professionals want to do work that matters, but they're seeking stability and a salary as well because of some of our recent economic changes. Thanks to Handshake for doing that research because, again, it guides employers who are recruiting. It helps us as career development professionals to see across not just our, our group of students, but across the nation. What is it like to be a graduate of the class of 2023? Yeah, that must create some interesting dichotomies that you probably see in the people who are making career transitions is this desire for meaning, but also this desire for stability. And sometimes pursuing one means that we feel like we have to give up on the other. And so how do you help clients navigate that dichotomy or that tension? That's such a great question, Tara. I talked about all the hours we have in a week earlier, right? And so sometimes we might need to hold on to that financially stabilizing job and look at how do I strategically network and find a volunteer space or a an additional set of job or jobs, right, that allow us to lean into some of those skills or talents where we're finding meaning. And that's for college students, that is for career transition clients. The reality is that sometimes finances are going to dictate what we need to do, but sometimes our the other hours, the outside hours, can be the space where we find meaning and fulfillment. Yeah, so sometimes we have to look for some of that meaning outside of work. And I think that's hard for people because of that time crunch to reconcile how to get all of that met. Definitely. Laura, you you had said just a little bit earlier, I find myself in this space, not only helping people find these places and tools to see where the impact of great work can happen, but also to process with people what has happened. And that space of confidentiality that you hold with them Mm -hmm. for the story of what has happened to to be able to let it just be a chapter of their story is mm-hmm. so powerful and i'm going to say that in in the space that i get to hold with a lot of people just naming it gets mm-hmm. us 50% of the way there for it not to derail us and so i just want to say thank you for also just being such a a person who's a great listener and just allows people to name what has been hard so that you're freeing them to move what is actually going to be a great uh, place to belong for them. Laura, do you have any fun stories about people making career changes and transitions, successes that they're having? Wow. That, I think about uh, a client recently who she actually made me laugh. She called me on the carpet, actually. I asked her to journal. And she said, do you journal? And I said, yes, I do, in fact. But I was so surprised that she challenged me in that moment. And really what I was challenging her to do, she was, again, someone who wanted a resume because she was moving on. And she has a very assertive personality. And I appreciate that, right? As someone who has harmony, I'm always working to make sure that I'm asserting myself. And so my harmony says I choose to assert myself when when it matters most. But Anyway, in this story, I asked this client to journal and I said, take two minutes every day. You can do this. Take two minutes every day. And I want you, whether it's in a note on your phone or literally handwriting, what I'd like you to do is take one minute to journal about what brought you energy and put you in a state of flow and take one minute to journal about what drained your energy and really what was challenging in your day. And so she looked at me 
and she said, do you do this? And I said, yes, I do. And actually that's part of the designing your life uh, coaching philosophy is looking for patterns in what brings you energy and puts you into a state of flow so that you can design your career, your life based Mm. on keeping energy and flow. And I just, maybe that doesn't quite answer your story, Tara, but when you think, when you asked about something funny that's happened, I've never had a client push back in that way, but it was a really good opportunity for me to laugh and say, yes, and here's why we do this. I think sometimes in coaching, we know the why, but unless we explain the secret formula a little bit to our clients to say, here's why I'm asking you to do this. And for listeners out there who are considering career transition, I honestly think for you to take 10 minutes in one work week, right? Five, five work days times two minutes a day, reflecting again on what is bringing you energy and what's draining your energy. When is it at work where you go, oh my gosh, I was just working for an hour and a half and it felt like five minutes, right? That's what we call a state of flow. And so when you're working in your strengths or your top five talent themes is typically when you're in a state of flow. But again, take 10 minutes after each of your five work days, what brought you energy, what put you in a state of flow, and then what took your energy or what took you out of a state of flow. I think that was a funny story, but also a really great tip, I think, for listeners out there. Laura, we're going to create a PDF with those two questions and have it Mm -hmm. uploadable from our website. So people are listening. We will have that available as a guide that we'll put on the website. Uh, I wanted to say what's interesting about that is that sometimes when we do that exercise or that work, we realize that it's one thing that's draining us. And 90% of the work is good, but that one thing we become so fixated on Mm -hmm. draining us. And so if we just focus on how do we shift or change that one thing, it can completely transform how we're viewing our work. And and taking that client example a step further, what that person realized they needed was a connection to decision makers. And that was easy to build. It wasn't easy to build, but knowing what that person needed creating strategy around how do I ask for what I need? That's where our career transition conversation went. It didn't go to the resume. It went from pause. What do you need? What did you find in that pattern of journaling? And how do we help you ask for that? Yeah, it's such a a, the power of pause is it's very powerful. So powerful. And even I'm going to say the power of people too, because it isn't just what I needed, but like with this client, Laura, you were also saying I needed to be connected to the decision maker. While we can't guarantee that type of thing, we can put you in an environment and give you the confidence to be able to have those sorts of dialogues and conversation. We often feel like we're the one getting interviewed, but how do I interview them? It may be stated that this is who we are, but how are they actually seeing it show up? So I wanted to make sure that we're following up with that as well. How is that actually showing up? And how do I find that out even as a person who's trying to interview the place that I want to land? And that's where I think I appreciate Gallup and the StrengthsFinder assessment so much because for so many years I I had this, I I always knew I needed to show up with a to-do list and I wanted to create uh order where there is chaos. That's discipline, right? So Gallup taught me, it gave me words for the thing that I naturally did, right? And so I think what you're saying, Pamela, is people being able to have the language for the culture they need. And it's actually something I've coached my clients to do after we process the I bring I need through their top 10 
doing some strategic networking or informational interviewing or career conversation, you might call it to say, I know I'm looking for X, Y, and Z based on how I naturally think, behave, believe, or how my talent themes uh, show up. How do I seek that out? And I think it's by getting curious, asking someone who does the job you think you might want to do, asking someone who works at the place you think you might want to work, where you can investigate what that culture looks like on a day-to-day basis. I think getting curious and taking a bias to action, again, as part of designing your life, it's that idea of using design thinking to, to reframe a problem, to ideate and prototype what would I want my career to be? How might I work in a culture that values how I show up naturally? I think those are all things that are top of mind, Pamela, as you were sharing that. Laura, we have most of our audience are business owners and leaders. And so they may not be looking for a career. Maybe they might forward this episode to someone who they know is looking, maybe a friend or a family member who's looking. Uh, But they may also be thinking about their own employees and whether or not they're looking. And uh, Gallup research shows that about 50% of people are considering uh, making a career change. And I don't remember the exact statistics, but some people are just looking at making a job change. But a lot of people are thinking about leaving their career altogether and moving to a different career completely. What advice or what insights would you want to provide for employers or leaders who are thinking about their teams and how to retain and leverage their strengths? Mm-hmm. I think I have to start with a statistic, Tara, because actually the average American worker has 12 jobs throughout a lifetime, according to the National Longitudinal Study of Survey of Youth, excuse me. And so people will be changing careers. I think the the advice I have for employers is to the power of pause, like asking What brings you energy? What brings you into uh, that space of flow? Um, My supervisor uses this language, so I'll share it here. What's on your love it list? Um, I can't always provide a workspace that everything is on your love it list. How do we give you more of what you love? And I think here the language could be, how do we explore your talent themes and how do we help you show up in a space where your talent themes are leveraged more often than not. Um, I think the statistic is that uh, when we're working in a space where we leverage our talent themes, we are six times more likely to report a positive state of life, right? And so these, that's not the exact language Gallup uses, but we, we have a stronger quality of life when we're able to do, we're engaged, but we're able to live in the spaces where how we naturally think, behave, and believe. And so I think my advice for employers would be to stop and ask employees mm-hmm. and to create a culture of strengths where people can A, name and have the, the confidence and, and awareness for themselves, but then B, giving them space to claim and then aim that natural way of being toward the, the things that they need to get to do at work. So good. And I think a lot of employers are uh, either aren't intentional to take time to ask those kinds of questions or maybe are a little scared about what they might hear or that they won't be able to deliver, right? That people will have needs greater than they can. But I find a lot of people need little things. And if you give them an opportunity to share, there are things you can provide and there are ways you can shift and adapt as an employer. Um, So take the time. I think that's brilliant advice, Laura. All right, we have to wrap up. So uh, Pamela, you might have a last question. My last question is, I talk to people who will say this last weekend, I looked on Indeed and I couldn't find anything that was interesting, right? (laughs) So I guess I have to stay where I'm at. 
I think people don't have a clue how to go about looking and really strategically thinking about their career journey. And so what advice would you have for someone who's just getting started? What's the first step? What's the first thing you would advise them to do? I feel like a broken record, Tara. I bet you can guess what I'm going to say first. The pause. <laughs> and Right. You, if, if you in your journal, in your 10-minute investment in yourself, are finding consistently that some skill or some something is coming up, that's a keyword. LinkedIn is a beautiful space. Indeed is a beautiful space. There's no one right way to find a job. But until you know what you're looking for, you're never going to be able to find it. And so I think... A keyword search is a beautiful space to start, but informing your keyword search. I like the idea of having a conversation. Nothing beats a cup of coffee and a career conversation with someone who you admire, right? I think about whether it's a, an informal mentor or someone who's talked about their, enjoying their career. Get curious. Ask them, what is it you enjoy because that'll give you information. I think about getting curious and then taking action. Those are the two biggest steps that I encourage clients to take is pause, get curious with yourself, get curious with the world, and then take action. Indeed has answers. LinkedIn has answers. But I think pausing first and then mm -hmm. seeking out. Strategic networking is a really great tool. I think sometimes Students really easily are given that permission to do informational interviewing or ask questions. But I want to give career transition clients permission too. You're a constant learner. And so put on your student hat and have a conversation to learn more about what careers exist. Because 70% um, of people find jobs through networking and a career conversation is networking. So strategic yeah. networking is also a really great tool in addition to things like LinkedIn and Indeed where you can seek out with keywords. Laura, thank you so much for that. And you're not going to overstay it. Pausing is very important. What I would love for people to do is pause to see what is holding them back. And I just wanted to ask really quickly, is there a common theme that could be holding them back in an area of making that transition or finding that first career? I will just reiterate confidence and really being in a negative emotional space, what warranted or otherwise, I think it's being able to process some of the trauma or some of the stress or some of the yuck. We'll just put it that technical term that people have experienced. I don't mean to make light of, but I think part of where people can get stuck is in some of the negative experiences they've had. So finding someone who you can verbally process with or finding if you're not a verbal processor, Finding a journaling space where you can really process through the yuck you've been through so that you can move beyond and into new career transition spaces. Giving yourself permission to get curious and then be confident in moving forward. I think being burned out and lacking confidence are two of the biggest barriers I see. And again, those are spaces of honor and invitation that I get invited into as a career transition coach to say, no, we'll use strengths language here to get you started. but here are the ways you can celebrate and overcome some of that confidence and then the reminders of the value people bring and, and the needs they have and normalizing that. I think those are our next steps people can take to move beyond some of those barriers I see. Well, Laura, I think a lot of people are going to be encouraged by the conversation we're having today. And I'm positive that most people don't have 
all of the tools and resources they need to navigate a career transition well. And we hope that you'll reach out to Laura at aligntransform.com, or you can reach out to me, Tara, at aligntransform.com. We would love to talk to you about resources and what you might need. And Laura would love to have a conversation with you. So if you are interested in pursuing coaching, we're here. And if not, hopefully you found some resources that might be helpful in either helping you re-engage with your work and your culture or making some decisions. But if you're an employer who's listening, there's a lot to learn from the people who are considering making a move. And so we encourage you to have some of those conversations as well. Thank you for joining us today, Laura. Thank you for having me. Come on.